Welcome to Sex Tech Talk, where we talk about sex, technology, and the ever-growing sex tech industry. I'm your host, Michelle, and welcome to the podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Sex Tech Talk. I'm your host, Michelle. In today's episode, we have Emily Wiersma. Emily is the creator of Confetti. Confetti is a marketplace for body-safe pleasure products. So in this episode, Emily tells us all about creating Confetti. She says it's like Etsy, but sexy. So it's really great to hear her talk about the creation, how she thought of the idea, how she gets people, the artists, to be on the marketplace. So I hope you guys love this episode as much as I love talking to Emily. Enjoy. Emily, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do? Sure. Well, my name is Emily Wiersma. I'm from Rotterdam, the Netherlands, and I am the founder and CEO of Confetti. Um, And I'm on a mission to build the biggest sex-positive marketplace in the world. Um, Furthermore, I am a very curious person and I love to learn. Um, And I actually never thought I would end up here. (laughs) Yes, awesome. I'm so excited to learn more about your marketplace and everything you're building. This is going to be so awesome. Okay, so tell me a little bit about what got you interested in creating this um, like safe pleasure product marketplace. Yeah, there's different stories that led to me building this marketplace. Um, it started out with me quitting my job at Oracle. And I thought at the time, what is a story that I want to tell people about my life when I get older, when I'm really old? And I started to read the uh, biography of Theo Heuft, which is the owner of the famous brothel Jap Jum here in the Netherlands. Um, And I noticed that these were not stories about sex or porn, but more stories about making people's fantasies a reality. And that was something that really resonated with me. Um, And I thought to myself, I'm a very open-minded Dutch girl. Um, So why not try to create a high-end BDSM room? And that was actually what I was doing before COVID and all the lockdowns hit the Netherlands. Um, And I had a contractor and everything. And I was looking for a room and trying to get people to do workshops all around the uh, BDSM um, um, community. Um, And then, uh, of course, COVID hit, there were lockdowns, and I had to think of something else. That led to me researching sex toys and the sex toy industry. And that's when I found out that um, the sex toy industry is unregulated, which means that toxic toys are legal to sell. And I just thought to myself, this is absolutely absurd. That led to me looking into marketplaces and where are people selling sex toys. And I found out that there are a lot of people in the world who create uh, sex toys and especially body safe sex toys by hand. And I also found out that there were a lot of communities of people complaining about UTIs or discomfort after using cheap or low quality sex toys. Um, And I also found super fans of indie sex toy makers. So, Actually, sex toys are nowadays a lifestyle, and yet no one is catering to this almost emerging need or this uh, this target group. So I thought, why not just do it myself and start building a marketplace? Yes, I love that <laughs> so much. That's so great. Yeah. So I don't, I didn't know that there were groups of people like, um, like on Facebook or social media, were they talking mm-hmm. about the UTIs and infections they were getting? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's why a lot of those people um, are now big fans of the indie sex toy creators that are also um, selling their items on my platform. And um, they really value body safety and don't see any other alternative for it or there's just no alternative for it. And they also think it is ridiculous that, you know, we live in a day and age where you can buy a sex toy for a couple of dollars, but it is actually harmful to your body. Oh, yeah. And that's something people might not think about, you know, like they might just be trying to get the best deal or, you know, like they're on a budget and they might not think about what it's actually made of. 
Exactly. And sometimes there's even a, uh, a, a mark on it that, that says it is body safe. Um, and because nobody is regulating this, sellers of toxic sex toys are able to promote their sex toys by saying they are body safe while they are not body safe at all. And I myself have experienced that as well with buying a jelly sex toy. Um, I actually got it from a friend when I was, I think, around 18 years old. And um, later I found out that that can actually lead to UTIs or infections because you are never really able to clean the toy because it's porous or the material is just flat out toxic. Wow. Yeah, that's just something that's probably not at the forefront of a lot of people's minds. Like they just mm -hmm. assume like if they're buying something, then it's safe. So you had mentioned like UTIs, infections, like what are some of the side effects that people like if maybe they'll recognize their toy isn't body safe? Yeah, there were actually reports stating that um, using toxic sex toys can also mess, your mess up uh, your hormones. Um, but it's usually uh, for women, uh, for instance, vaginal discomfort, um, uh, which is, of course, very annoying. Um, UTIs yeah. is something that a lot of people complain about. Um, some people even uh, stated that they ha have chemical burns because they use a toxic sex toy. Um, but then again, there's not a lot of research that goes into this because, yeah, uh, a lot of big industries or big players, they don't really care. Yeah. So, yeah, I think for some bigger players, it's all about the bottom line, you know, making mm -hmm. the money. It's not about keeping people safe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's something I've seen as well. When I uh, visited Berlin a couple of weeks ago, I went to the Venus Trade Fair, which is, I think, the biggest uh, trade fair for sex toys. And, and um, it's it, I was surprised that I didn't see a lot or almost no body safe sex toys. It was just what you, everything you could, you can buy on Wish or Alibaba, you could buy there. And that was it. Wow. So do you, what do you think is behind that? Do you think a lot of people don't realize the need for body safety, like so for body safe sex toys, or what do you think is going on? Well, if there are no rules or regulation in place, then it, it, it also means that nobody's really uh, doing something wrong. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So if there's no rules or regulations, yeah. then I mean, yeah, I get it. So like, you know, then you can just get away with whatever. Yeah, <laughs> it's exactly. a free yeah. But for me, luckily, it is a very big opportunity to work together with sellers who do value body safety and who create the, the most amazing creative products out there for, for sexual wellness. Um, so I'm happy with this situation. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Like, so you see an opportunity, so that, mm -hmm. which is so great. And so how did you first discover some of the people, like some of the artists and creators that are going to be on your platform? Yeah. So most of my sellers, um, they started out um, selling at Etsy. And Etsy is now currently removing listings, mostly uh, of uh, people who are selling fantasy sex toys. Um, actually, I was very surprised to hear this, but um, of course, this, this has led to quite some commotion amongst the sellers because they are actually losing income at the moment, while at first they were uh, able to sell their products uh, via Etsy. And I just contacted them. So in the beginning, I talked to around 40 sellers uh, to just, just learn from them. What are you doing now? Why do you do it? Um, how much do you sell? why did you start your business and what do you think about Etsy and would you be interested in working together with me um, in creating a marketplace that is solely there for sex toys? That is so cool. And now I want yeah. to read your data. I want to know like what they said. <laughs> well, what's the most, uh, the most interesting and most important thing that came out of that research was that they would um, definitely want to participate but I would have to curate the sellers. And mm. the reason behind that is because Etsy is becoming a sea of sameness. So if you um, look at Wish or Alibaba, you look at Etsy now, both websites or marketplaces, they look similar because everybody is able to create um, a shop or profile and just start selling stuff. Um, and that's something that the sellers I talked to in the beginning before starting to build the marketplace, 
we're very um, uh, upset about. So the solution is only curating sellers and only accepting sellers that, uh, that are really, truly artisan, indie or handmade. Um, and that's what uh, convinced them to join me. Yeah. So do you personally verify every seller on your site? Yeah. So what I do is that there are numerous communities, uh, especially on Reddit and on Twitter, that talk. They know much more about sex toys. They seem to know everything about every company. Um, so they um, actually are a very valuable source of information uh, to me. Um, with most sellers, I do calls uh, and I ask them about what kind of material material do you use? Um, of course, how did you get started? What are you planning to do in the future? Um, and that kind of stuff. Um, a lot of sellers send me their stuff as well. So even though I do not sell anything myself because I'm a two-sided marketplace, I do have a lot of products uh, <laughs> in my office. Um, yes, and, awesome. and that's how the curating uh, goes at the moment. So, yeah, or is conducted at the moment. Yeah, that is so cool. And I think that makes you stand apart from a lot of other marketplaces because a lot of places are just like, you know, create an account, sign up, yeah. like that's yeah. it. Yeah. And that is that is why I love my job as well, because I am so in touch with the sellers and with the people who come on the platform and who want to buy the, uh, the sex toys, which are mainly fantasy sex toy collectors at the moment. And this 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 target group, I shouldn't say it's a target group that sounds so commercial, but these people are so amazing because they are so willing to give a lot of feedback because they really want to support the indie sex toy uh, companies and the smaller businesses. So they're not just in it to, to get a great sex toy. They really want to support these makers and um, just communicating with the sellers and with the sex toy collectors. It, it, it just makes my day so much fun. Yeah, that is so cool. Yeah. And like, you know, that's so special to have a group of people that's so passionate about what mm -hmm. they do and, you know, passionate about like that particular community. Yeah. It's just really cool. Yeah. And what I was saying before that sex toys um, have really, they're really a lifestyle now. And I, I didn't even realize that until I really started digging deeper and met, uh, met up with some sex toy collectors, had in-depth interview uh, interviews with them. And, you know, maybe 10 years ago, everybody was using sex toys, but nobody was talking about it. And nowadays, everybody is using sex toys and everybody is talking about it. I mean, there are people who have cabinets full on display in their homes, even when they live with their parents. <laughs> yeah, so, that's so cool. People who still say that sex is a niche or, or uh, uh, sex toys are taboo, it's just not. And we, 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 can, we can stop, you know, calling it that because it's not anymore. Right. It's not. And, you know, it's like we're releasing all that shame and like, you know, everything that came, you know, with sexuality. I think slowly, you know, we're getting to a place where we're not ashamed anymore. Yeah, exactly. And also with the rise of the LGBTQ community and their voice getting stronger. Um, I found very interesting during research was that a lot of people uh, uh, said to me that the reason why they like to collect fantasy sex toys is that they're not specifically phallic centered. And I didn't even thought about that or think about that before I started this company. But it is so interesting that a lot of people feel that they can live out their sexual fantasies or explore their sexuality because the sex toys nowadays are so diverse and so creative. So can you tell me a little bit, like, what is a fantasy sex toy? So how do you define that? So a fantasy sex toy, um, and you can, of course, see a lot of them on, uh, on confetti.eu, um, is a toy that is um, um, based on a fantasy character. So what some of my sellers do, they have a community backing them up, and they create a character. It can be a werewolf or an octopus or... Just, just a character. And then the indie seller creates a, uh, a dildo that, um, yeah, th that is made for that character. Very cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like I like to read a lot of um, books. I like fantasy romance and stuff mm -hmm. like that. 
see where there's a huge market for that. Yeah, I even found out that there's a thing called exophilia, where people are interested in romantic relationships with monsters. And of course, this also sounds very niche, but there are a lot of communities that talk about exophilia um, and that really love the fantasy sex stories that my sellers create. And what is so interesting about this is that um, most of my sellers, they really work together with the community. So the products that they're creating are, are really what the, what the end user wants. And also something that is, um, I think, very fun on the website or on the marketplace is that people can customize their orders. And, um, well, again, 10 years ago, you would go to a sex shop and there would be uh, maybe something in purple and something in in, uh, in pink and something right. in a flesh color. But nowadays you can customize your whole sex toy um, looking at or choosing firmness of the toy because not everybody wants a very hard, solid sex toy. Some prefer a softer one. Um, you can choose what kind of size you want. You can choose the coloration. You can choose a lot of extra stuff, which makes it even more personal. Yeah, and that is so cool because, like you said, like before it would be like you'd go into like the sex shop and like maybe you'd get to choose your color or like yeah. maybe your size. But this is like custom made for you exactly yeah. what you want. Yeah, exactly. And that's, but that's what makes it even more fun because there's so much choice and there's so much creativity in this industry. It's um, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, that is so cool. Yeah. And I had read a book. Oh, gosh, I can't think of the name of it now. But um, I follow like a YouTuber who talks about different like erotic romance books. And mm -hmm. it was about sex with monsters. And yeah. at first I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be into this. But then I read the book and it was spicy and it was so <laughs> good. And I was like, OK, I can understand now why there was like a werewolf, a vampire, a ghost. How she has sex with the ghost, I don't remember, but it happens and it was good. And like, so I could totally see this like whole marketplace based on like this fantasy, you know, yeah. that's so cool. Yeah. And there's so much more than just 50 shades of gray and everybody who is, you know, who, who has a sex positive lifestyle will eventually find something on uh, confetti. Yeah, that's so cool. So, okay, have you launched, officially launched the marketplace? Yeah, so um, long story short, uh, our first uh, marketplace failed miserably and I actually ended up in a fight with my supplier. Um, and um, that kind of um, put me back around eight months because I was planning on going live, I think, last year in September. So I had to think of something else to do because I was, of course, I lost a big chunk of my budget. And I thought, what am I going to do now? Because I already had a pilot group of the, the first 10 sellers who were ready to onboard and who were engaged and wanted to start. So I actually decided to uh, start working together with a Shopify expert and build uh, the marketplace myself. And luckily, uh, it went well. So within three months, we went live with a completely new marketplace. And at the moment, the first uh, around 25 sellers are onboarding. And there's a wait list um, to onboard because I'm actually um, having a hard time keeping up with all the work at the moment. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, which is a great problem to have. It means people love what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course, of course. Uh, so yeah, it's a good situation and I'm happy that the second platform, of course, uh, um, worked out and that it's working and it's still a minimum viable product. So um, that's, that's something I always tell uh, new sellers that, listen, we're still a startup and it won't be perfect. It won't be like your experience at one of the bigger marketplaces but we'll get there. So please, you know, bear with me and give me all the feedback you have. And according to the feedback of the sellers, we, um, we, uh, we um, see what we're going to, you know, develop next. So. Yeah, that's so cool. So I actually have your um, website pulled up. So let me, let me do a little screen share here. Use the technology. Okay. Mm -hmm. I actually made, made the mistake a couple of months ago when we went, we went live with this version of the marketplace three months ago. 
And I made the mistake of putting one of the, the biggest, most impressive, but also a bit intimidating dildos on the homepage, <laughs> which freaked out a couple of people. So some people called me and said, hey, you, you need to remove that from, you know, it should not be the first thing people see or people will get scared. So <laughs> <I'll be> scared. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah. Yeah. So I love it. Okay. So you can search by different products. I'm just going to kind of walk people through what they can see here. So, wow. It's the, you have all different kinds of things here. So wearables. Yeah. yeah. So you have plugs, all different stuff. Yeah. And also erotic arts, because that is also a big, um, it's a big category and people are really into it. And it's usually also a little bit more friendly, um, for every, how do you say it, for, for every budget. Yeah, this is so cool. Yeah, this art is gorgeous. And I had no idea you had art on the site. So I'm so <laughs> glad we're talking about it today. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, cool. So I know I'm going to spend hours browsing through all of this. Okay. <laughs> so then, <laughs> so here, so these, are these all of your sellers you have onboarded right now? Yeah. That's correct. And there are a lot ready to onboard. So they already created their listings, but they still need to enable their, uh, their profiles. Very cool. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. then you can click and you can find out about them and yeah. you can see um, all of their products or artwork. Very cool. <laughs> and then you have a blog. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I'm very happy right. because I just started working together with a new guest blogger and um, she created her own sex toy collectors community. Um, so I'm very happy that she's on board because, again, you know, I used to work in IT and now I now I <laughs> create now I'm building a marketplace for sex toys. Um, so it is always interesting to get somebody else on board who has, you know, more who has the right tone of voice. And that is something uh, that I think she really uh, nails. So I'm happy that she's on board. Um, and also happy that at the, uh, I think in a week, uh, my new social media marketer is going to start. So I'm luckily getting some help. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's fantastic. That is so good. Yeah. 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 And this is amazing that you have a blog too, because like I said, I'd be really interested to hear more from like the sellers and, mm -hmm. you know, like, you know, their stories too. Yeah. Like that would yeah. be really cool to hear about. Yeah. So that is something that we do. So we do interviews with the sellers to, um, to uh, put them in the, in the limelight a bit and to tell our audience. So um, uh, for instance, how this Latvian couple creates adults games, adult games. Um, this is a couple from Latvia, and they uh, decided to start creating adult couples games, so card games and board games. Um, and you can read their story on uh, on the website as well. So this is something that we're uh, planning to do more often because we realize that a lot of people are interested in this because the, the, the thing is, these are just regular people. They uh, usually also have day jobs besides running this company. And that's why I really admire these people because they work so hard and with all the restrictions in marketing and not being able to uh, advertise for sex toys or for, for sexual products or wellness. Um, I think that it's just, yeah, it's, it's really great to see that everybody's doing a great job, even though there are so many restrictions. Right, right. Yeah. And I think you're providing such a great place for people to, you know, to sell their products. And it's such a you know, a unique place, you know, that once you find the people who are interested, like, it's just like a free for all, like, they're going to find so many things that they want from your site. <laughs> yeah, that is something that, uh, that I come across on Twitter a lot, people complaining about spending too much money on sex toys. <laughs> and yeah, the, the, the research I did is uh, it. <laughs> It really shows that there's a market for this. So um, I interviewed a lot of people and 20% of them said that they buy a sex toy at least one time a month. And the cost of that sex toy is around 100 euros. So. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. That's so cool. Okay. That's my dream is to have a $100 budget every month for a new sex toy. I'm in it. Yeah. yeah. 
Cool. And then I see here, like they have boxes. Okay. So I could probably spend a really long time on your site, but one thing I wanted to talk about, which I will after we're done talking, um, <laughs> um, is this is really cool that you can find the sellers on Instagram and Twitter. Like personally, I know I'm going to go on here now and I'm going to look at each seller and then I'm going to follow them on social media. So I really mm -hmm. like that you have that on there. <laughs> Yeah, of course, because it's also about supporting these sellers because, um, as I already mentioned, you know, they're being kicked off of Etsy without any reason. They're not able to, to make any money with their uh, with their company. Um, and I think that's just, it, it, yeah, that, that's not fair. You know, sex toys are just a regular business. Everybody has one nowadays. So, you know, yeah. Yeah, I like this a lot. It's about, you know, it's about a marketplace and building a community, which is really cool. Yeah, exactly. And what we also uh, try to do is keep it away from what I always call the, the BDSM dungeon. So nothing wrong with that. Everybody, you know, everybody who likes that, you know, keep going there. But in my vision, I saw a website that wasn't red or black or wasn't uh, super kinky so that people who are just curious um, also come on the platform and shop on the marketplace and just try out something different or just just find out whatever, you know, whatever, whatever they, uh, uh, they would like. So I'm happy about the coloration and that it's just, you know, it's, it's less kinky. It's more about finding, you know, what sparkles your curiosity. Yeah, I love that. And I agree. Like, it's very, like, it's not intimidating. It's very, like, fun-loving and friendly. Like, the color scheme is gorgeous. I just love it. And, you know, it's very approachable. And it just seems fun. And the name, Confetti, like, it sounds like you're going to a party. Like, I just yeah. love your branding. It's, yeah, it's spot on. Yeah, it's about celebrating your curiosity in whatever way you would like, so... Yeah, very cool. So we have a couple comments. So I'm going to, as I'm asking you questions, I'm also going to um, read out some of the comments that we're getting. So Angela says, yay, it's amazing. So she's a fan. Athena <laughs> wants to know, what's your thoughts on Bad Dragon? Uh, what are my thoughts on I Bad Dragon? Well, I, hmm? I don't know what Bad Dragon is. So maybe you could tell me a little bit. What is that? Bad Dragon is uh, one of the biggest, maybe the biggest um, um, creator of custom handmade fantasy sex toys and dildos. They're an American manufacturer um, and they are doing very well. Um, I'm Googling now them at the moment to, <laughs> to tell a little bit more about them. So they started out in June 2008 and they are really a household name within the uh, fantasy sex toy um, uh, community. Um, I think it's amazing that they have grown into such a big company. Um, but to be honest, um, yeah, uh, uh, that's all I know about them. So <laughs> I love their products and they're very colorful and um, yeah. Cool. Yeah, I know. That's another one I'm going to look up now. <laughs> <laughs> I get so much information from these chats I have with people. It's so cool. <laughs> All right. So Angela also says, I love how readable the website is. It works well for folks who need simple language for readability so they can have access to the information and the education contained within it. Yeah, that's a that's a great compliment. Thank you. <laughs> um, that is something that, um, of course, always needs to be improved because um, the tone of voice needs to be right. And I think that... Um, in the future, there will be even more focus on um, educating people or giving them information about the sex toys because how do you uh, clean the sex toys? How do you use them? How do you start a conversation with your partner about starting to use these toys? Um, so these are a lot of questions people have. So I think that in the future, um, the marketplace will also be a place where people can come and get information about these kinds of subjects. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah. I love that there's, you know, you've got your blog and you can put so much good information on there. So it's, you know, it's more, it's, you know, it's a marketplace, but it's also that community feel and educational feel along with it. 
yeah, which is not easy to build, uh, by the way, a community. So it's uh, it's um, it's hard to uh, to build a community. But I think we're on the right path on uh, on becoming uh, the biggest uh, marketplace. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay, so Angela's got another comment. She says, I'm an advocate for autistic and other neuro neurodivergent folks who are often forgotten in this discussion. So readability is important. Thank you for mm -hmm. thinking about that. That's so nice to hear. Yeah, and I think that's really important as we progress and we're creating new platforms and new spaces to really consider, you know, different people with disabilities and you know, make sure our platforms and communities are accessible for everybody. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, uh, that's also something that um, uh, I came across on Twitter, is that somebody mentioned that every seller should add their alt text for people who are not able to see well. And I retweeted it to also show all my sellers, like, hey, let's all add alt text uh, to, to all our images so that people who do not have great vision uh, are also able to use the website. So that was something I didn't even think about. But because of, you know, being in on Twitter and in all these uh, communities, uh, I learned a lot from them, so. Yeah, and then just sharing the information. Like, you know, yeah. it was shared with you and then you shared it and you talked to your sellers and it's just something mm -hmm. really small that can make a big difference. And most mm -hmm. people don't even know, you know? So it's just that yeah. sharing that information and finding out you know, can change a lot for people. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. And then Athena said alt text also increases your overall SEO. So win-win. Yeah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Yeah. That's also, yeah, it's a win-win situation. <laughs> yeah. And then we have a question from Ran. Um, he says, how do you determine if a product is body safe? Yeah. So um, we identified a list of, um, of materials that we think are body safe. Um, one of the examples that we have left out at the moment is stone. Um, so a lot of people are also selling stone sex toys or stone dildos. Um, and um, I couldn't find enough research about whether it's really body safe or not. So we decided to not go for those toys right now. So we are sticking to silicone um, uh, at the moment and medical grade silicone, but also glass um, and even wood is also a possibility. Um, but I have to say that this is also um, something that can change in the future because um, there's not a lot of research about everything and about all the materials. So um, I think the list for now is enough to start with, but I hope that in the future we can also add new materials because we find out that they're body safe. Yeah, definitely. And that's just something that'll be ever changing. You know, as more research comes about, like, you know, you stay up to date, you know, something that, you know, maybe considered body safe today, you know, maybe somebody will realize it's not, you know, so yeah. that's just important that you stay up to date with all of that. Yeah, exactly. But it is it, it it is something that will probably change in the future. But for now, I'm very happy with the list we have because there are so many uh, indie sex toy creators who use uh, body safe silicone or medical grade silicone, um, and they just fit our profile now. So uh, yeah, it's yeah, a good start. <laughs> definitely for sure. And then Heather says this links to her talk on Friday. So I'm having Heather um, on the podcast on Friday. And she does quality assurance for sex toys to make sure they're body safe. Ooh. So, yeah. So you and Heather can link up and chit chat about body safety of sex toys because, yeah, Heather does like, you know, product safety and I, which I'm going to ask her all about what this means, but she says ISO 3533. So right now I don't yeah. know what that means. But this, this is interesting. Yeah, this is interesting because I, I know about the the, ISO, the new ISO standards, but the thing is, it's not mandatory. So um, it is a step in the good direction of of you know regulating the the sex toy industry. But if it's not mandatory, then not everybody is going to do it. So um, I do. Yeah, I think it's a good step. If it's a step in the right direction, but we're not there yet. 
Yeah. And so like for you in your marketplace, like even though it's not mandatory, is that kind of the standard you set for yourself? Well, I have set my own standards. Um, and, and, and that's, I think, the, the power of the marketplace. That we do that, that we do curate every seller and that we look at what kind of materials they use. Um, and um, I think that in the future, it would also be interesting to maybe start a quality mark, but then a real one. Mm, yeah. Mm -hmm. So are there any like materials that just scream to you like this is not body safe? Like, you know, for anybody who, you know, maybe owns some toys already or is shopping on the market, like, is there something that you're like, oh, no, stay away from that? Yeah, what I would avoid at all costs are toys that are made of PVC. And if you mm. are interested in buying a jelly toy, uh, which is a porous material, I would definitely get rid of it within a couple of months because the longer you use a porous sex toy, the, uh, the bigger the chances are that you will get an infection because there's a bacterial buildup and you will not be able to clean the toy. Um, so if you have you know, a smaller budget and you are you really want to buy a jelly toy, um, then get rid of it within a couple of months to, to just keep safe. But I would avoid PVC and jelly toys at all costs. That is really good to know. You know, yeah, because maybe there's somebody out there who does have a really small budget and they need to order, mm -hmm. you know, they, from somewhere that's affordable. Or maybe they've had a jelly toy, you know, mm -hmm. that's been sitting in their drawer for like a year or two. And they're like, oh, yeah. I did not know that. <laughs> yeah. Well, if, if people have multiple jelly toys sitting in a drawer or in a box, sometimes they even break down. So you, you end up with, you know, not having a toy because the material just breaks down. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's something I never knew. Yeah. Yeah. This is so fascinating. I love talking about this. It's so cool. All right. So I have some more like sex tech related questions. Mm -hmm. um, so tell me a little bit like what have been the challenges with creating your marketplace? Um, well, one of the biggest challenges, of course, was getting the MVP out. Um, at first, I started working together with a supplier um, that said, you know, they were able to build it, but uh, we encountered a lot of issues around creating the variations. Um, and that is something that is very important to my sellers, that they are able to offer these variations um, and the custom options, um, such like um, um, uh, firmness or coloration or that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. So that was really something that had to be in the MVP for my sellers to really want to come on board because their products, they, they offer so many custom options. It was just, it, it was a no-go uh, to go live without that option. Um, so luckily I found um, an app that uh, enables me to create a Shopify website, but then makes it a marketplace. Um, and we, um, we just created dashboards and that kind of stuff for the sellers to be able to onboard, uh, for me to manage everything. Um, and then I also have uh, uh, the website with the web shop on Shopify. Um, so the biggest challenge was to find the right existing software to go live as fast as possible while still being able to offer the sellers um, at least the minimum of what they needed. Yeah. Yeah, so we had to cut down on some features um, a couple of months ago because I was just not able to deliver it or it, you know, it, it was just, it was too complicated. Um, but I'm happy with the choices uh, I made so far because um, my sellers are happy about everything and how it's working. And uh, of course, there are a lot of, ways I can still, you know, improve the platform. Um, but for now, it's all about onboarding everybody and getting their feedback to really understand what it, what they really need next. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's part of the seller's business is that they get mm -hmm. to offer so many yeah. unique yeah. variations of their product, you know, yeah. so you got to make sure that's included, of course. Yeah, exactly. So it is it, uh, I'm, I'm constantly juggling with, uh, I do want to improve this, but I need more feedback for, from more sellers 
to be able to put, you know, to, 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 to spend some money on that problem. So if, not, if, not, if there are not enough people using the website already, then it's no use to already start, you know, um, um, development. Yeah. So what you need is you need more people, more sellers using the website so that yeah. you can gather more research. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I don't want to perfect the MVP. It's still a minimum viable product. And we're still figuring out what everybody wants, what everybody needs, how the customers or the users of the website um, uh, explore the website and how easy it is for them to, to check out, for instance, um, so yeah, it's just, it's, it's one big test every day. Yeah, exactly. It's like an experiment. It's like a business yeah. experiment. A never ending experiment. And that's what happens though, when you're a pioneer, when you're creating something that fills the gap that hasn't existed before mm -hmm. you, you kind of get stuck doing all of this research and like, you know, like you're paving the path for everybody. Yeah, it, that, that was that was the decision I had to take a couple of months ago. I need to get something very quickly up and running because I will lose this business, you know. So I need to think of something uh, quick. And um, which, of course, it was a, it, it was not a nice situation to be in, but it also forced me to take decisions very rapidly. And that's when I really started seeing results and started seeing uh, the website or the marketplace doing better uh, because I put something out there so people could give me feedback. So it was, even though it wasn't the best situation to be in, um, it also, you know, there, there are also advantages to this. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, so I want to know too, like, what is your like vision for the future of confetti? So, like, where do you see the marketplace going long term? Yeah, I, I just want to become the biggest sex positive platform uh, uh, or marketplace uh, of the world. Um, at the moment, we're focusing on mainly one category, and that is fantasy sex toys, uh, just to get. Um, a foot on the ground, or how do you say it, a foot in the door to, to, to show people that, hey, we're the biggest in this category. Um, but I hope that in the near future, more sellers uh, from, with different categories will also uh, join the platform. And I'm thinking about uh, BDSM furniture, um, but maybe in the future also people who educate about sex. Yes. Yeah. I think that's so needed too. Yeah. Like yeah. just incorporating, you know, like it's a place where you can shop, you can learn, you can be mm -hmm. part of a community, just like very multifaceted. Yeah. Yeah. I and make some that. money, make some money along the way and my sellers right. as well. So if they're successful, I'm successful as well. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like it's, you know, it's a two part plan, you know, mm -hmm. like you're making, the sellers are making money and, you know, supporting themselves. And then you're making money from the platform, you know, and I think it's just, you know, a great way to keep this community living and breathing and, you know, getting money in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's it. Awesome. All right. So my next question for you is, do you have any, um, like, what are your inspirations? Like any podcasts you love to listen to in like sex tech or sexual wellness or books that you love websites you love so like what are some of your favorite things oh um well i get most of my inspiration actually from my sellers uh, to be honest and there yeah. are so many in the world it's unbelievable um so um i actually spent a lot of time just researching them and talking to them and learning from uh learning from them um i have to say that i am also looking um into uh sex tech school yeah yeah so that is something so i met brian nicole a couple of weeks ago at the sex tech conference um at if in berlin and it would be nice to to uh yeah go back to school actually because i started this company not knowing anything about the sex toy industry um and it would be nice to 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 join more entrepreneurs and talk about uh, uh everything we encounter um 
um, with building up a startup. So uh, that would be nice. So I'm actually looking into that. Um, and besides that, I just listen to a lot of pink podcasts where people talk very honestly uh, about these subjects. Yeah. So if you have any like specific recommendations, I can put them in the show notes if you want to send them to me later, because I personally like I asked this question because I personally want to know like, hmm, what's a good podcast to listen to or like mm -hmm. what's the best to read? So, mm -hmm. yeah, if you have any very specific titles too? I can add them in the show notes later. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I have to, I have to, I have to check my Spotify profile. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Like check the last few that you listened to, and so mm -hmm. then I can go check them out too. <laughs> mm -hmm. And Sex Tech School seems amazing. Mm -hmm. Like I've been following since I, you know, first got interested in this industry. I've been following along with what they're doing, and like mm -hmm. it just seems like the best place, like the gold standard to learn all yeah. about sex tech. Yeah, and it also shows that the world is changing. There is a sex tech school now. People are invested in this um, uh, this industry. And if you only look at sex toys, I mean, I think that um, the sex toy industry is going to grow to a six, over 60 billion by 2030. I mean, it's just an interesting, an interesting uh, domain to work in. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, and I mean, it's just going to continue to grow. Yeah. yeah. I mean... Yeah, the money that is out there to be made in this space is just crazy. Like, yeah. it's just like the potential is outstanding. Yeah, yeah. So, um, um, yeah, and what else in inspires me? I have to say that going to the sex tech conference a couple of weeks ago also helped me um, a lot to get inspired because everybody there is a little bit in the same boat you know everybody's trying to figure out how to do their marketing how to get funding for their company um so it was lovely meeting all the startup founders um, and talking to them in real life um so that was really nice experience as well so i just oh, try to connect so with, with people as much as i can and talk about their business and and what their challenges are and what i've noticed is that it's pretty female dominated, uh, the sex, uh, sex tech industry. Um, and it's females or, or women helping women. Yeah. Yeah. It is a lot of women helping women. And that's one yeah. thing that I've noticed too, you know, like, you know, not even just about the women, <clears throat> but about everybody is so like willing to talk to you and share yeah. information, yeah. you know, like there's not really that competitive edge. And even if there is, it's like we welcome the competition because it's so needed yeah. in this space. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I actually found out that I have a new competitor as well, which really keeps me on edge. So I'm, I'm actually more focused now than uh, than a week ago. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which is like, you know, in some sense, it's like, oh, man, there's a competitor. But also it's like there's a competitor. Like there's yeah. people who care about this space as much as I do. Like there's somebody else out there who's passionate about body safety, you know, and like, you know, it's just it's kind of cool to have that going on. Yeah, exactly. Well, I haven't seen their MVP yet, but um, it gets yeah. me motivated and I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm working even harder. So um, I'm, I'm happy with the competition. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And like to be the best, you know, like to be the best you can be and provide the best space for your sellers. And, you know, I think that's really important too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But and I'm so a long way to go. So, right, right. Exactly. This is just the beginning. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. this is just it is just the beginning. Life. Yeah. That is something that I, I, so I thought, oh, then the MVP is going live and then, you know, it will all happen. And then, of course, nothing happens. So that's when the fun really starts. Um, but I'm at the point now where I'm looking for a co-founder as well, because uh, it's just getting too busy. There are too many people interested in joining the platform and there are too many people uh, uh, interested in seeing where it's going and, and following Confetti. So um uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be an interesting uh, a couple of months because I hope that I can find uh, a co-founder. Yeah. And I hope too, you know, I'm working to kind of build up like community spaces for sex tech where we can chat more with each other. So hopefully maybe somebody will listen to this podcast and yeah. like, you know, 
and like be like super interested in contacting you. And then I also just created a group um, on LinkedIn so we can kind of like all join forces and like chit chat in our own group. So hopefully, you know, I'll give you some leads. That's that would be great because I actually posted a uh, 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 the job for co-founder on LinkedIn and I got so many, so many responses from guys who were 50 plus, but then from Pakistan or India. And I just I I, I wasn't expecting that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, let me, you know, we should share your job posting in the group I just created. And um, that is one thing that I wanted to add to the group too, is job postings. So, you know, like for any sex tech, you know, even femtech, if it's like, you know, sexuality related, you know, just to share like what's out there, because, you know, the people I've talked to are very interested in working in sex tech. They just don't know how to get into it, you know, or like where to find the jobs. So if we can share yeah, share job posts. I know your position is very unique being a co-founder, you know, that's like a really special role that you have to, you know, be very picky about. Yeah. But, and, and it's apparently very interesting to people, to, to men, middle-aged men from, from India. So <laughs> yeah. I would not, I would not recommend posting a job for sex tech uh, just on LinkedIn and your, your group will probably be better. Yeah, hopefully we can like curate a good audience in that group. That's my goal, mm-hmm. you know, is to have, yeah. you know, the exact audience we're looking for, people who are just as interested as we are in the same, you know, space. Yeah. yeah. Because Yesterday, of course there yeah, there are always people who just want to have a peek behind the curtain and who say, "Oh, yeah. this is interesting. Let's uh yeah." <laughs> and it costs me a lot of time, so <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm not doing that again. Oh gosh, yeah, I can only imagine. <laughs> And like yesterday I had somebody send me a private message and asked if I would be their mistress. Oh, <laughs> like, oh yeah. I've, I've never gotten more dick pics than now. It's ridiculous. Yes. <laughs> it's on LinkedIn. And my husband, I was telling, I sent the, a screenshot to my husband and I was like, what do you think? Like, should I be his online mistress? Should I see how much it pays? And my husband's like, I'm really sorry you have to deal with this. Like I've never had this happen to me. And I'm like, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm so used to it by now. Like, yeah, well, I, I, I just out everybody on Instagram. Ah, yes. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I hope that scares off uh, a lot of people, but we'll see. <laughs> right. OK, so, Ran, I see you put a, a hand wave in the comments section. Ran, did you want to ask a question or because I know Ran's creating a marketplace as well for sexual yeah. pleasure products. So, yeah. Rand, did you want to say something? No, it's okay. I will talk to her later. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Hi, Rand. Hope you're doing well. <laughs> Thank you. Cool. Yeah, you guys can chit chat later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, then Angela says, yes, this is a challenge as sexuality professionals. It can be exhausting. Mm-hmm. To yeah. be honest, but we have to deal with it because our jobs are important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. 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 So, so everybody within working within sex tech probably has, uh, has experienced this one way or another. Um, and what I always tell people is that my job is not, is, is actually very boring. Like it's just, it's, it's building a business. I do a lot of boring stuff. It's not just about sex toys. And, um, yeah, that's something that's, yeah, mostly, yes, some men don't understand. They think that I'm, I'm busy, you know, with, with sex toys all day. I'm not. I'm just building a marketplace here. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yes, like your whole day is not spent testing out sex toys. Like that would no. be cool if that was your whole life, but it's not. No, no I, pay, I pay other people to do that and to write about it. So, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah people who know way more about it and can write way better. So. Yeah, and even them, you know, they, they should not be harassed by people online just because they do that kind of work. Right, 100%. Yeah. Like, yeah, like we need to stop this culture of feeling like it's okay to just DM somebody and, you know, just say whatever you want, like sexuality-wise. It's just, yeah. it's super annoying. Yeah, but, you know, I've, I've also encountered a lot of people who 
who immediately open up about sex toys and about their their uh, their experiences, but in a very positive way. So it also works the other way around. I mean, uh, just by starting a company in this domain, a lot of people feel comfortable with talking to me about these kinds of subjects. And uh, of course, you know, I love to talk about this, but in a positive way. That's true. That's such a good point too, because you do like you have, you're more approachable, you know, yeah. like people want to share more things with you. So yeah, that's such a good point. It does work the opposite way. Like, yeah, sometimes you get mm -hmm. the creeps, but then other times like you are a soundboard and for people and yeah. you can really, you know, be there for them to help them. Yeah. Yeah. So, so one of the, the, the biggest challenges I've had so far is finding, uh, good partners actually to work together with if you look at payment service providers. And that is something that everybody in the sex tech industry will, will agree uh, uh, with or have experienced that as well. Um, and one of the things I actually did was I look at partners who also work together with Amazon because Amazon has really, really pornographic listings on there. So, Usually when somebody says no to me, I don't want to work together with you because you are, you know, doing something with sex or whatever. I just send them the most pornographic listings that I can find on Amazon and tell them, hey, if you can work together with them, you can definitely work together with me. And that is yes. it works his charm so far. So <laughs> good, good. Yeah. yeah, because that is a challenge, you know, mm -hmm. like, you know, I hear stories often of you know, the payment providers like shutting, shutting things down. And mm -hmm. then, you know, like you've experienced with your sellers, like all of a mm -hmm. sudden their listings are removed off Etsy, yeah. you know, and yeah. it's like, what the heck happened? Yeah. Yeah. Which is of course, yeah. So, so there are a lot of companies who work together with bigger companies within the sex domain or, or maybe in porn or whatever. And, you know, the best example is still Amazon with all their pornographic listings. So I would definitely uh, uh, try to find partners who work together with Amazon because yeah, if they, if they work together with Amazon, they can also work together with you. Yeah, that's a really good tip for anybody in this industry who's trying to sell, you know, if, you know, if they're willing to work with Amazon and then I love your tip about screenshotting the pornographic listing, you know, because yeah. Yeah, you got to fight, fight for the right, you know, because we have uh, we have the right to exist as a company because there's so many people who who buy these products or want to be a part of the company or, you know, so sometimes you just need to show your teeth a little bit. Yeah, definitely. All right. Does anybody else have any more questions? I know we've been on for about an hour and I could probably talk longer, but we'll have to wrap it up. <laughs> so if anybody has any more questions or comments, you can put them in the chat box. Um, Emily, was there anything else you wanted to talk about before we hopped off? No, actually, um, uh, uh, I, I love talking to you and I want to thank you for inviting me for this chat. Um, I hope my story made some sense. Uh, I usually don't tell so much about, you know, my personal story or my background. So I'm very curious to find out what people think of it. Um, but I hope people enjoyed it. And um, uh, let's stay in touch. Yeah, definitely. I love talking to you too. And I love having you on here. And I think your story is so interesting. And so yeah, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing with us today. Yeah, great. Thank you for giving us a platform or a, a place to talk about this, because it is uh, very necessary. Yeah, it really is. And this has been so fun for me. I have talked to the coolest people and I have like more episodes coming up with more people and I'm excited. Uh, Steven's on today and I had talked to Steven. Yeah. Athena's going to come on. Heather's going to be on Friday. Mm -hmm. So like I just I've met the coolest people in this community and it's just been mm -hmm. so much fun for me. So thanks everybody for listening and participating with me. It's been awesome. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Yeah. And Angela says, thank you, Emily, following you on all the socials. Ah, great. And we're, we're probably going to talk online. I'm look, looking forward to it. Yeah. And Athena says, thank you. I'll send you a connect on LinkedIn. Great. And yeah. And Heather says, thanks, Emily. I will reach out to you. And Stephen says, thanks all. Great conversation.
Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Thank you so much for joining in and listening today. I love when people are able to join in on the live part, too. It's really cool to like have some questions come in while we're chatting live. I think it makes it, you know, a really interesting conversation. All right. Well, we are going to wrap it up. So everybody have a great day today. Thanks again so much for joining. And I will see you guys on the next episode. Thank you again, Bye. Emily. Bye, everybody. Have a great day. Bye. Hello, everyone, and thank you so much for listening to today's episode. So before you go, I want to tell you about the discount that I have for you for HoneyBook, which is a customer management system. It's what I use to send invoices to all my freelance clients. When you use my referral link, you can get 20% off, which I think is a pretty awesome deal. So I love partnering up with companies who offer something for the people who listen to my podcast. So go ahead and click the referral link, which will be in the show notes, and you will get 20% off your subscription to HoneyBook. It's what I use to manage all of my freelance clients. I'm able to create contracts. I'm able to manage my calendar, to manage my finances. It's really easy to send invoices. You can customize your invoices for each client based on what they get every month. So I really love using it. So I genuinely will not tell you about something that I don't like. <laughs> so I hope you guys give HoneyBook a try. It makes my life just a little bit easier. Thanks for listening.